Live from my bedroom, it is Stay Busy with the boy, Armand Sadler. dishonest <laughs> still not understanding his logic mm. oh jesus i'm podding and i'm better <laughs> anyways <laughs> ladies and gentlemen welcome to another edition of stay busy with armand sadler oh, i am your host the trap potter trap writer the busy soul armand sadler i'm here <laughs> Hey, bro, we, we in the mood We're today. We're going with it. We're in the mood today. I'm here with my guy, one of the most supportive guys in the world, one of the most calm, talented songwriter, Poppy. Timing is everything. Nicholas Early, how you doing, brother? What's up, y'all? How you doing? How you doing? Glad to be here again. Nick Early, I am the executive producer and co-host in the pod. Excited for this episode. Uh, yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Really happy. I'm not in my normal location. I'm on, on road. Touching road, you know what I'm saying? Um, so we're we're doing it from remote locations. Yeah, because we always we always gotta bring you stay busy, regardless of where we are, what's going That's right. on, what type of socks yeah. we got on, whether we do the scramble, Listen. you know what I'm saying? We still gotta bring you the busy banter. So I wanna show right. some love to new listeners, returning listeners. Whether you're back in the office or still working from home using Safari or Google Chrome, prefer mm-hmm. Lamar yep. Jackson or Pat Mahomes. Or prefer songwriting or vocal tone? Yes, bars, baby. I wrote them all myself. Wrote them you all were myself. so on one today. Let's Bro, go. I'm on. I'm I'm, we're here. We're here, baby. I want to give a shout out to our, our team member, our VP. I don't really know what his label is, but he be doing a lot. He does a little bit of everything. He he, he's hiding on the Zoom right now, but Kieran Hurley, shout out to him for all the love yeah, and Kieran. all the work. Um, if y'all listened last week, then you know that we got a new outro. We got to show some love to Nick and Stats. For the new heater, baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? Yeah. How'd y'all come up with that? You know, it's funny. So when we were in the lab, like I, I told Stats, I said, "Yo, we where I'm commissioning a new outro." I said, "We need to do something." And he's like, "Stats got a bunch of beats for those notes." Stats is the producer. Shout out Stats Harlem. Uh, Stats has a bunch of beats, and so he's always got something in the tuck. But I was like, "Stats, we did the outro. I mean, we did the intro." You know, in a session, we made it. We came up with it together, and we did it like that. I said, we got to do the same thing for the outro. Same with the other outro beat. We did that that way. He had the beat ready to go. So he was like, yo, I got this. And I'm like, no, man, we got to get in. So it's literally like the day before. Because we, we delivered it like the week before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, this is the last week. It's like on a Saturday. Like, we got to get this done. So we just started making a few beats. And then he played like that, the little... Um, the chord thing and I was like whoa 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 what is this and then I went in there I was like okay cool I just started playing some chords and then I played the bass line and then I was like okay for the drums for the drums for the drums <laughs> and he did that and then we were just bouncing just like uh, uh. I'm like okay 
because it, it had that bounce. I was like, okay, all right, all right. Because I wanted it to feel more of like a song as opposed to just an outro. I yeah. wanted it to feel like, you know, like you listen to, you could play it and it, it stays easy connected, but it also could stand alone as its own thing. Absolutely. So when I started playing, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like okay, that's it, that's it, that's it. And just went with it. And then, how you feeling? I'm, I'm staying busy. Okay, okay. And then just <laughs> went from there. And then yeah. laid it down. My boy Jay Av, shout out Jay Av. Jay Av did a little pre-mix on it. And that is what you have today. Man, well, shout out to y'all. I love it. I love it. So thank y'all for real. The joint is the joint is hard. It and yeah, yeah, might have to, <laughs> you might have to perform that live. We you might have me. to do. We might have to do a perform. We might have to do a little video to it. I do have a little bit of behind the scenes of stats doing his part, so I might be able to okay. send that to y'all. We could we can get that posted or whatever. So bonus content. The busy right, board. right, right, right. Our, our hands are always open. Always open. <laughs> Right. want to give big love to Anchor, our distribution platform. If you do not know, Anchor will distribute your podcast for free to all the streaming platforms you would like to use, and you can get some sponsored ads regardless of your listenership. want to give a big shout out to Zoom, our new platform. As you know, you can see our beautiful faces uh, mm-hmm. every, every week. Visuals coming exactly. every week. Stay busy, stay visual. <laughs> Man, let's get into this chat. Uh, wild week. Wild, wild week. Um, yeah. I will admit creatively i for the last maybe like month or two i've been feeling a little hindered a little stifled mm-hmm. and um as you know the those ruts are hard to get out of, of um you you know you know how talented you are but you don't know how people are going to receive something so you might you might hold back on it but um i felt really connected to a piece i was writing this week that i ended up putting out about bryson tiller and finding his new pace in music um as he's leading up to his next album uh the article did pretty well <laughs> uh it uh, it uh it circulated around it found its way to tiller uh he ended up following me on twitter which was uh pretty cool so i want to wow, shout out yeah. shout out to him um i made him download grammarly apparently as well um, right so we might see tiller getting into journalism i don't know um but yeah definitely a great week it felt really good to put that out and uh, you know beyond the the excitement and all that like i really hope people read it and understood it and are kind of considering being a bit more patient and understanding of artists and their processes you know they Mm -hmm. are humans and you know you're bearing your soul but you're dealing with contract issues and touring and you you might have children you might have a girl and like there's just a lot of different things that can play into your your creativeness so Mm -hmm. uh, i really hope people got a chance to read it and take heed to it but i do think that he's got some fire coming uh, with that, he released the uh, he released another single, "Always Forever." This past Monday, did you get a chance to hear it? The "Always Forever"? No, I didn't get to hear the second single, but I heard the, the first one, the "Inhale" joint. Inhale, yeah, I, yeah, I heard the "Inhale." I, I heard how'd, you, how'd you like "Inhale"? I, you know, I didn't love you till it. I, I wasn't like, <laughs> I wasn't like, oh my god, but I, I I felt like it was a nice like, okay, I'm heating up single. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're gonna get a few more. Um, yeah. So I wasn't like, I wasn't down on it. I wasn't up on it. I was just like, okay, cool. We're like, we got it. I'm no, I know there's more coming and then that's going to yeah. be better. So, yeah. Yeah, nah, that's, yeah. A, that, that's not a spicy take at all because that's exactly yeah. how I feel. Like, I, I thought okay. it was good. I thought Always Forever was good. They're short little kind of like appetizers. Like, yo, I'm back. I'm putting music out. He followed up with the deluxe for Trap Soul this past, fr- uh, this past Friday. Uh, three, three tracks that fans have, have been familiar with for a while. Just another interlude. Mm-hmm. Uh, self-righteous and rambo feature in the weekend um something that kind of threw me a bit and I was, I was talking in a couple group chats with people and 
trying to explain to them how people put deluxes out for different reasons. They're like, oh, you're Bryce Tiller's spoke per- spokesperson now. You're his best friend. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Yo, I, don't, Yo. I, I don't know him, but like, let's, <laughs> let, let, let's really sit and think about it. You're putting out a deluxe five years later. Yeah. It's a five-year anniversary. It's a celebration. Plenty of artists do anniversary deluxes. They do re-releases. Like, exactly. Tiller's not trying to get a platinum album in like less than a year like a lot of these other artists do with their right. deluxes like the album is already triple platinum like he and it streams very well people talk about trap soul regularly it's not an album that you need to put new songs on to get people's attention on i think exactly if we're talking 2010s r&b trap soul is always going to be one of the one of the albums people like immediately go back you to. have to you have to you have to yeah. speak on it yeah so i just i just want y'all to kind of think like and just like like he only said in his tweet these these three songs like most other artists will put out a full track list with all the features and like they let you know what's coming to get you excited so you know what song your favorite artist is on and, and then you click it tiller only told us those three songs coming right. so rather than complain appreciate what we have and also recognize if you're a core tiller fan you know those songs already he's not putting them on streaming for you he's yeah. putting them so the mainstream who might not be familiar with them can listen to them as well and enjoy them it's always good to bring people back to your music. You don't know, people find your music at different times. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's, and obviously that's not the, the major purpose here is that like the purpose is, like you said, it's a celebratory situation. Like it's five years, boom, it's, it's timely. He also like, you know, it's, we also got to acknowledge it's promo. We got to get, you know, he's rolling yeah. stuff back out. So he mm-hmm. got to get back in there, you know, hey, go run back Trap Soul, but here's mm-hmm. these other new three joints or whatever. You know, also I got some new stuff for you. So like, I just don't understand why people don't, why people are so critical of like that type of stuff you'll just, Yo, just like, think first like just, think you don't gotta you, complain first <laughs> if you thought if you just thought maybe yeah. it would make sense for a second but yeah no i'll love to tell her what he's doing that, that's that's i think that's actually a cool model is to like do a deluxe and just to bring people back to it give them a new taste of kind of what's reminiscent of what they like about you and then show them okay this is where we're headed now with the new stuff i like that yeah go tell her yeah, and there's not too many artists doing it close to the release of a new album either, which is mm-hmm. so it's, it's like a really bold move. But like, I, like like it. I love it. I, like I love it. it. Yeah, well, like I said in my article, it feels like he's really confident right now. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I like to see because coming out and saying you're depressed, like it definitely made sense well, why True to Self sounded the way it did, even though I really do like that album. Like yeah. it, it makes total sense why it came out the way it did. So looking forward to the new album. Shout out to you, Tiller. Uh, we'll have to play some PS4 soon um next spillage village spilligion this album i listened to it immediately uh this past weekend when it dropped uh spillage village is uh a, a bunch of the guys from dreamville earth gang jid black is also in the group mariba there are a couple of the artists i'm sorry i don't remember the names right now but spilligion was amazing i really really enjoyed it like that it, it had the type of sound the, the type of impact for me mm-hmm. where i'm like all right like this is one of the, one of the best rap albums i've heard this year incorporated a lot of gospel it had, had a really cool like theme to it like song titles judas and uh shiva and just it's it's, song, it's, it's yeah. Song drink. yeah yeah and i think for me it was most impactful because y'all yeah, know how i feel about black like so i, I saw him on back-to-back songs like oh those are gonna be the heaters i loved a bunch of other songs more than that like i really think jid of course showed out earth gang showed out and mariba really really did her thing her voice is I love her. She doesn't get enough love. I've really been, I've, I've loved her voice for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm glad to see, you know, timing, timing is everything. Um, And she's, she's really great. Like if you guys haven't heard her catalog, go check out her solo catalog. The other guys that you wanted to say were Hollywood JV, uh, 
Jordan Bryant and Benji, I think were the other, yes, other, yes. other members there just to show them their love as well. Yeah, but I, I heard a few songs. I didn't get to get to the whole thing, but I heard a few songs and I was locked in for each song and he said, it felt good. It was just, it made me feel good. It sat right in my soul. Uh, and it was, they were really saying something. So yeah. I'm excited to, I want more from them as a group. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I love this, this sort of collective type of stuff. Like when people do other projects outside of just being yes. you know, their own group. So yes. I'm, ex I'm excited for them. Uh, yeah. Dope. A absolutely. Dylan Sinclair dropped his project proverb. Boy, boy. <laughs> Listen. All I I've been listening to this weekend is <laughs> ask me, ask me at home. Like, bro. He's, he's impressive. I had, funny enough, I had uh, R&B Radar. Shout out to them. I had seen that they posted something from him and I was like, who's this guy? And I listened, I just briefly heard it. And then when I saw, when we put together the chat, I went back and I was like, wait, this guy kind of tough. Bro. He kind of tough. I like his look. I like his, the visuals. I like the, uh, his delivery on the vocals too. I, I, I think he's dope. Is he from Canada? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was say he got a little bit of Canadian thing. I heard on a little bit of like an outro or something like that. Uh, yeah. Like a little uh, skit. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, he uh, I, I like his sound, I like his yeah. sound. I'm excited to see, see what he's doing. Um, I'm gonna go run that whole project, but I heard a few songs, but mm -hmm. I'm gonna run that project. Proverb, yeah, so yeah. I, I was doing. I was really obsessed with asking me this weekend, I was running that back over and over. Like, I caught mm -hmm. certain like subtle nuances, like his, his, his lines, he'll like break them up and then finish them in the next line. It's like it's like sentence fragments, but like like sonically and melodically it's just it feels right it feels he right. just yeah, yeah. he really just pulls you into to the emotion by like mm -hmm. letting, letting certain stuff breathe and just, yeah he's he's good mm -hmm. so run run that proverb travis scott young thug and mia released the single franchise yeah i saw i definitely really enjoyed the beat i love thug's contribution wasn't my favorite from trav i've been a bit and about trav's output lately musically um, I definitely like the yup in my white tee part. Like that just triggered my, my, my nostalgia. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very fun to say, but I don't know, man. And you know, I'll, I'll say this. Like, I, I don't think Trav's focus right now is just music. Like we saw Obviously, the McDonald's yeah. thing. We saw the Fortnite thing. Like he's just out of here on a, on a business, you know, level. And with that, you know, music might not be your priority, but we do know what Travis is capable of. And I kind of see the, the narrative on him turning a little bit uh, from people just because of recent features and all that. And it's like, well, it, it, it can happen that fast, which is crazy. I've been, been kind of saying this. So when I, me and, me and G sat down and we listened to the song, um, for those who don't know, G is my cousin, I live with him. But anyways, uh, we're sitting down and we're watching the video and the video was dope. So it was kind of, I like doing that with new songs is like getting the visual and the song at the same time. Like, yeah. I think you get a different understanding for the song. Uh, but listening to it, it felt like we'd been here before, which is not mm -hmm. a bad thing. Um, it just, you know, Thug, I feel like is on his back nine of his career, um, which is not a bad thing at all. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's more seasoned in the, in the, in the, the lane. Um, and, and Travis, that's what I was saying. Like, I've been telling people, I was like, you guys, like Travis toured Astroworld for what, for two, two years? years? Yeah. Two years. And I think of that, body of work as his magnum opus Easily. and i'm very concerned to see is like how is he going to follow that up because you know it's not that his i don't think his sound gets tiring that's not the word i want to use but i think it can like i said we want to see what else you can do because mm -hmm. he, you know it's very ethereal like sonic scape type of rap you know it's very like 
uh, trippy rap sort of thing. And I love it. And I think he actually be writing and actually be rapping. And he showed us that in a lot of projects. But like I, I think now is his output is kind of like, okay, like, is there a, ta- are you tapering off here? Like what, what's going on, Travis? Um, and so I, you know, he said Utopia is next for his next body of work. So I really want to see how he does, what he does with that. Because like you said, the narrative is starting to change where he's going to, it might, is he going to venture off into other stuff and music is kind of going to take a back seat? We don't know, but um, yeah, the video was cool. I was I was more excited to see actually MIA to see her. Mm, yeah, like, yeah. Of yeah. anything, um, G really loves MIA, so we were just like excited <laughs> to see her. Um, and he he's been using these sheep. He like loves sheep in his videos. Do you know what that is? <laughs> like he had sheep in the Stop Trying to Be God video. He and did. In this video, he had a bunch of sheep too. I don't know uh, what that uh, symbol is, but I'm, I must know. not know my animals well because I thought it was a goat. But <laughs> they're sheep. They're sheep. They're sheep. <laughs> next thing <laughs> <laughs> anywho bad bunny is the goat i yeah. I, I, I just want to say that bad bunny like there's michael jordan there's drake there's, there's there's michael jackson and there's bad bunny this man did a bus concert throughout crazy. new york city was up in the heights was in the bronx was everywhere vocals was on point breath control on point like and he had he had me glued to my laptop screen watching a live performance and you know like we, we watch award shows we, we see live shows all that blah, blah blah but i don't remember what i was doing but i stopped what i was doing because the whole time i was talking about the bad bunny bus concert and then i watched yeah. it and i was like okay yeah this yeah. This, this guy's goaded no he's he's, he's, he's goaded he's like that i i think he's one of those people that you're always excited about what he's doing because it's always something different um it, it gave me very like i was watching it I, it gave me like uh not TRL vibes, but it gave me like award show performance vibes. And I'm like, this is dope just to kind of do that. Like, you know, I think artists are getting very creative with how they're approaching uh, leveling up the visuals for these performances, given that, you know, we can't be in concerts and whatnot and so forth. Yeah. And so I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was dope that he was in the hood where he was at in the BX and everything like that. So um, I know a lot of people felt proud uh, to be his fans. People were very excited that he was in the area, you know, like people were following the bus and it, it was, a, it was a moment. It was yeah. more so a moment for the culture, <laughs> for his culture. Um, and so I, I, I really love everything he does. I like, I love the music. I love how he pushes people's expectations. He pushes people's, um, he challenges his listeners. He challenges yes. people visually, how he approaches certain things. He's very free. And I love to see that in artists. Artists are free with how they approach their artistry. So, uh, yeah, Bad Bunny, you're, you're dope. That bro. guy, man. <laughs> colors, colors. Once again, shout out to Yano. Colors don't miss. Colors don't miss. Now, me seeing that it was Alicia Keys and Sir, and Sir was going to be doing the song that Alicia Keys and Sampha did, Three Hour Drive. I was like, all right, Sir. Like you, you, you nice, but did, did these some big shoes to fill? And yeah. They were yeah. filled. <laughs> and it was funny. Like, I felt like I didn't even, for a second there, I had forgot that it wasn't even Sir's song. Mm. Like, I forgot because I was just like, he, it feels so right. It feels yeah. so right. And he's, you know, he's in his, he's polished in his own way. He's going to handle, you know, stand on his own too, for sure. And he delivered above and beyond of everything I expected. But yeah, like, uh, it was just, 
I was locked in. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, colors, I just love everything about colors. I love how they're a platform for, you know, showcasing artists that are, that we don't know about. You know, it's a discovery platform for me, mm-hmm. at least. I, I use colors for a lot of my discovery. Um, and, and then when they do bring artists that we do know, it, they bring these performances that just are very, I would say they're moments. Like they're things yeah. that we remember. Um, and so I, I, when I watched that performance, I was just from start to finish just locked in. And I mean, mm-hmm. Elisa Key's new album is crazy. Very good. Very, very good. I, someone who's also in the back line of her career, I love to see that. You love to see them still consistently putting out great content and say, oh, don't forget, I'm nice. (laughs) I'm like that. (laughs) And I'm going to have the other people who are kind of doing the thing now, I'm going to get them on and y'all still going to see how nice I am. So uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, shout out to her. Want to shout out Steven, uh, my boy Steven Smith from Hand Me the Ox reminded me that we missed the Amine album last week um limbo it's very very good that's another one that's another rap project that that i would put up there for, for myself you look like exactly. amine amine wait, 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 wait what i say you said amine oh amine my bad amine <laughs> amine amine right regardless nah, you gotta say it right. <laughs> <laughs> my bad bro. it's all it's all love it's all love but that that, that album is really really good um JID has a great verse on it. Vince Staples, Summer Walker. Mm-hmm. It's it's good. It's it's concise. He conveys his vision well. Pays homage to Kobe. Uh, he's dude is talented. I, I don't know if you caught his uh, Jimmy Kimmel performance, but he performed in a hot air balloon. Uh, two of the tracks from the album. He performed like flying in a hot air balloon, and then he got into the actual balloon of the hot air balloon and performed. Yeah, yeah. Just check tough. it out. Check I don't it out. Know if how y'all he did. I don't know how he got in the hot air balloon because there's literally like a big furnace that they have up there creating yeah. the hot air to keep the thing. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was maybe some cutting or whatever going on. I got to check yeah, that out. Definitely but do. I want to make a point about Amine. Um, he, I think, is an artist that definitely pushes the, he pushes the limit with creativity visually. His videos are so engaging and so exciting. So I love everything that he does. And also, like, when you listen to him, too, you're like, he's going to prove to you that he he raps. Yeah. He does rap. He does have punchlines. He does have wordplay, all that sort of stuff. So uh, someone like him, I'm very excited for him to keep going and keep elevating his career. And he's also from the West Coast. Shout out to the West Coast. He's from, uh, I believe, Portland area. Uh, so, yeah, man. Uh, a dope, dope album. I did run it up. Uh, so it was, it, was, it was good. I enjoyed it. And I, I love to see the longevity beyond a big hit. As you remember, 2016, Caroline, that, that, that was what mm-hmm. everyone was singing. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you hear one of those songs like, oh, this is big. But it's like, all right, how are they going to follow up? And he, he's been consistent uh, throughout his career since Yeah, he's then, consistent. So. He's very consistent. Very consistent. Yeah. So I love to see that. Uh, another shout out, Kojo. Let us know that. And I don't know how we missed this. Whole lot of choppers by Sada Baby, assigned uh, to Asylum Records. Shout out to Asylum Records. It's one of the biggest viral viral hits right now. It's hard. I, I love it. Like you hear it, you can't you can't not dance to that. Um, so yeah, shout out to him. Shout out to Sada Baby. I've been listening to Sada Baby a lot lately in the gym. I I, I love I love his music. I love, I love his energy. Uh, Detroit, um, just bringing 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 a different flavor. His verse on Big Sean's album was really good too. Um, so if y'all have not heard that, tap into that. Some interesting news uh, recently. Warner Music acquires Hip Hop DX. Um, and this was especially interesting for a lot of journalists um, because they feel as though it could be manipulative for a major uh, to uh, buy a platform and then kind of 
funnel their own content through it, you know, because these, because these, these websites are supposed to cover music, not just one Mm -hmm. artist, not just artists specific to a label, but that these are music publications. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in acquiring hip hop DX, the the immediate thought is, okay, there's, there's going to be some bias there. And it it could also dilute the, the, uh, the market of, um, independent artists that would get, get some coverage on that because I just, exactly. you, know, you know, put this out, like it's our artist, put it out. We, we need to get this up. So it'll be very interesting to see what comes of that. There's a lot of speculation that a bunch of other majors will be purchasing um, publications. And it's kind of scary for us journalists. Cause you know, we, we like to write what we really? want to write about. Yeah. And you know, when like, when like a company's approaching you and trying to force you to say something, it's like, eh, but th- this is not, this is not my job. Like our, our role is to be objective. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see what, what unfolds from this. Another big, uh, Oh, go ahead. Sorry, bro. No, I was going to say, I already know what's going to unfold. But what we just <laughs> said is going to unfold. That's yeah. how this is them. I, I, what I feel is like, this is them trying to find another way to control the narrative because mm-hmm. if they can't control the narrative with streaming and, and deals and all that sort of stuff, they want to try to wait, find a way to control the narrative and say like, how do we get our artists to push, um, you know, and, and change the story. And that's, that's another play for them. So yeah. I think that's exactly what's going to happen is that yeah. now hip hop DX is you're going to start covering a lot of Warner's up and coming artists. And that's what it's going to be blanketed with that. that. And I think other majors will follow suit with smaller publications because I'm sure hip hop DX saw that check. And so it was like, oh, what? <laughs> And took the check. It's the nature of it, you know, like, so it's unfortunate, but yes, new news, as you were saying. Yeah. Uh, So last week we spoke about Joe Budden and the Spotify situation. It's been very, very public. He and Charlemagne have even been exchanging comments. Um, And just this week, Joe Budden launched the Joe Budden Network. And it was funny. There was like a couple weeks ago when he, he and Charlemagne were going at it. Joe put out this tweet like, Joe Budden is a network. See you soon. And I was like, hmm sounds cryptic now here we are the joe button network <laughs> is is official uh the first show they announced is called see the thing is and it is hosted by all black women uh and they'll be covering the topics that joe rory and maul feel that they shouldn't discuss um you know there's obviously been a lot going on in the news and things that, that, that have been said um but and a lot of calls for people to support black women and love black women but you know we haven't seen everyone putting them on front street like this so for joe who a lot of people label as you know egotistical and he only cares about himself for him to use his network to give these people a platform um mm-hmm. he's 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 letting the action speak there's this there's a lot of people who talk but he's he's doing so i'm i'm, I'm proud of that I, I love to see it because once once a spotify deal you know it was publicized that, that that it was ending like everyone was trying to bury him and you know saying like oh it was over but I, I think that this has been a, a plan that's been in the works for him for a while, and I'm excited to see what comes from it. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I'm really excited. Oh, you're right. You're right. Hold on. I'm here with Jamal, y'all. <laughs> Brother Starling, welcome to Stay Busy, man. Right. Yeah. He's here, but, anyway, yeah. So with with uh yeah with, with Joe Bud and um, I'm excited for this because like. I think oftentimes, you know, the podcasts and and other content creators, it, it's kind of like, how do we, yes, we want to be independent, but like, what is our next play? Like, what is our next play after we want to be independent? How do we take it to the next level? Yeah. And these are shows, you know what I'm saying? You have to treat it as a show. And so like, this is the example. And I think this is great for him to show other podcasts and say like, 
you're a network. <laughs> you can be a network. You know, this is how you create your legacy. Um, and so I'm very, very excited for them to get this going. Um, you know, take a look at Stay Busy. You know how that goes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, long story short, no, I'm excited for Joe, especially given, you know, the situation with Spotify and how they did them so dirty and doing his own thing. Because really, like, that's what it's all about. You, know? you want to make, take control of your own content, own your own content. And um, because we've let these these powers that be manipulate our our creativity, our ideas, and our greatness too much, so we're going to show that we're business people as well. All right, so uh, you, your boy YG dropped a dropped a, a single, so please take it away. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm shaking the laptop. <laughs> YG is my guy, yo. I. I mean, like I said, I'm biased. I'm from the West Coast. I'm always going to listen to YG. He, there's a time and place for him. I'm always going to give him the time and the place in my <laughs> rotation so that I can get him in into that cycle. I mean, the, the thing I love about him is that he's always himself. He's always going to give you that, you know, that raw ratchet, that hood, that, you know, his real blood stuff. Like, he's going to give you that. But he's also starting, you know, developing his business. He's, you know, 400 in his business brand and that he's started to take that off and the merch and all sorts of things like that. And so it's good to see him start to elevate himself and kind of distance a little bit from some, all the crazy stuff. Obviously, he's out on bail, so, he, you know, he just... He's still he's still himself, but I'm I'm excited for him. And I was I was saying earlier is that um, it's interesting to think about you know how his his sound has kind of remained the same, but also his rap ability has elevated as he's gotten older. He's he's spent more time with the pen. You know, he's still gonna say them lines that just make you laugh, like regardless. But he has his pen has gotten better. His delivery has gotten better. And I think you know, funny enough, uh, that time where him and Mustard were beefing was actually in the long run, I think, good for him because it pushed him to say like, okay, well, you know, if Mustard, my ace in the hole, my guy that, you know, helped me create my sound is not, we're not on good terms. How am I going to step out into the next thing? And I think that forced him to create better songs yeah. um, because, you know, Mustard, you just like just hard beats. And I think he was just, you know, just giving the same type of, you know, he was staying in the same pockets. And I think that when they were not together, they did that album still brazy i believe it was when he wasn't cool with mustard and it's it really pushed him and i think that now coming back to where he's good with mustard but now he has like sort of an array of people to choose from his sound is better and right. and so uh i'm always excited for yg i'm happy for him and you know uh he's you know he's still going through he says it on the song i'm still going through the you know the trauma of nipsey because uh, they were very close but um I'm always wishing yg the best yeah, yeah, always. I think that uh, that point you made about him and Mustard, that'll be a good uh, discussion, like artist-producer duos and whether it's yeah, good course. to stand by somebody your whole career and whether it helps or hinders you to get out with other producers. So we can, we can get into that. For sure. Um, a couple anniversaries, a few anniversaries this week, rather. Uh, one of time to be alive. I believe it was last week, actually. But uh, that project turned five. Um, a lot of discussion about it, obviously, Drake and Future at the height of their of their powers, their superpowers. Um, and, uh, you know, people are discussing whether or not it's it's a classic. Well, how, how do you feel about the project? And, you know, I try not to be one of those people that just throws around these terms like musical genius and classic and all these sort of things. I really want to reserve those for the great cornerstone projects. Right. I think that this is a project that you have to mention when you're speaking about collab projects, when you're speaking about projects that had a significant cultural impact mm -hmm. and they were highly influential within the sound of music, but also just the culture. I don't know if I would just say classic and I don't know if I'm qualified to necessarily speak on that, but I would say it's a project you cannot 
you can't not <laughs> you can't not mention it but you have to speak on it when you're speaking about great collab projects or just projects around that time you have to speak on uh, what yeah. time you're doing yeah absolutely and there's a big difference between classic and influential because as we see mm -hmm. what a time to be alive influenced a lot of collab albums from a bunch of different artists who saw okay like i'm dope but i don't gotta stand alone like I, I can make a project with another dope rapper i like and these can be successful like drake and future made that in a week while while they were touring and like look at what it did right. imagine if they spent a year making that like it would have been would have been crazy so shout out to them for that um nothing was the same seven year anniversary that album is special to me so many memories from freshman year of college. I'm going to do my pose. <laughs> Walking to the gym, walking to classes, sitting in my dorm room, thinking about my ex, man. It's, it's just, there's a lot of different things that, that that album brings about. But I, you know, I, I think I can, I can confidently say that that's, that's Drake's best album. Definitely a classic, easily. It, and we yeah, can finish your point. I, I just still thinking about, uh, just go ahead, finish your point. I'm sorry. No, nah, no, nah, that's that's all I had. Go ahead. <laughs> that album specifically, uh, it's funny about a lot of Drake. You know, when we were sitting down, I think it was after the Laker game uh, this past week, and we were just sitting in the apartment and ran it back. And you know what's going on in my life right now, and in relation to me and my feelings, and yes, I was just yes. sitting there in the chair, just listening to the project, and just as each song came through, just like, oh, oh. Uh, like you feel each hit yeah it makes like you said uh earlier it makes more sense now that we're older a little bit but you know it's funny when we when it's to it when we first listened to it it hit it hit yeah. but now that i've kind of experienced a little because he was he was around our age now like i think he's a little bit older than what we are now yeah. when he wrote that project yeah and so now it's kind of like i've experienced some of the things that he was talking about or just experienced more things and so it just it hit me um from time hit me way different than I expected. Too it much? Too much from time. Like they For this hit, thing. Those songs hit me in a different way. I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, starting to like trying to, oh my God, let me stop, let me stop, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And I I really felt Drake on that, on that project. Instant classic for me. Drake on that certain Drake songs immediately send me to a visual place where I can see where I'm at. Like literally. And it's most of them are in Ithaca too. Like yeah. on campus when we were when we were younger, like <sighs> powerful project. Yeah, man. Project. Eight years of Miguel's kaleidoscope dream, groundbreaking, ground shaking, money That's making. Another one. That is another one. Yeah. <sighs> this Miguel's, project. Miguel's one of my favorite R and B artists. Like my one of my actual favorite R and B artists. This project is for me one of those just projects so when i was in i remember being in high school this came out what 2012 2012 yep. 2012 2012 yeah i remember being in high school and you're really trying to like try to find myself as an artist and to like find my sound and i remember finding him my boy eli shout out to my boy eli showed me sure thing years before and that was like one of my guests i was like yo this dude is dope when i heard collateral dream and i listened to it I ran it back over and over and I really soaked it. I learned the song on keys. I was trying to emulate it. Like it was one of those things that it felt so new for me. And it, it has a special place in my heart, specifically that album because of just where it, where it found me, where I was in my life and it found me as well as just the quality of it now. Cause I've run yeah. it back since then. And I'm just like, this is a 
this is a great project. Yeah. So I love Miguel. I love, love, love Miguel. Um, yes, yes, <laughs> just that's, yes. That's another project you can't discuss 2010's R&B without putting you, that you on the list. You have to speak about Kaleidoscope Dream. You have to yeah. speak about it. You yeah. I, I, I put it right up there with Channel Orange. That I, I don't know if that's a hot take, but... No, that's I, not... A, you know what's funny? I wouldn't say that's a hot take. I think around those... Within a two-year span, those mm-hmm. albums, you have to say them within the same sentence to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but that, I don't think that's spicy at all. Word. Okay. Last on the chat, uh, I just found this really funny. T.I.'s next album is called The Libra, but the acronym stands for The Legend Is Back Running Atlanta. On that note... <laughs> That's not bad. I think that's if he's an actually a Libra, and then that's the thing he came up with. I think that's interesting, but we gonna see. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's just I'm so much of a cancer that I'm I'm rejecting other oh other <laughs> astrological signs. And I know you ain't even into that. So. <laughs> hey hey, hey you you all know my life now. Things change. You know what I'm saying? It's oh season two, God. baby. We here. We different. That's oh it. <laughs> what you sipping on? What you sipping on? So. Y'all know I'm on road. I'm in the district, and I couldn't find a store that had what I needed. So no booch today, no kombucha. But we do have one of my favorites. This is coconut water. <laughs> Shout out to Vinny. Vinny. Now I know this is a polarizing drink. Some people, uh, Vinny said that coconut water tastes like water that's been in someone else's mouth. <laughs> they gargled it and they spit it back in the yeah. Yep. I'm Jamaican, for those who don't know. So I've been, you know, I've been drinking this coconut water since I was young. Um, so I guess I've acquired a taste for it. And it's funny enough, when I was in my Hooper days, um, I would prefer this, because I was, like, really healthy when I was hooping. I would prefer this to Gatorade or anything like that. So I would drink this on the sidelines um, and after practice and whatnot, because it has a lot of electrolytes, a lot of potassium. It's really good for you. Um, so, yeah, coconut water is my drink of choice for today. Shout out Vita Coco, Vita Coco. Come on, sponsor, sponsor us. Sponsor the, the I'm a just you know smile so y'all, <laughs> y'all can screen grab it. <laughs> Yo, I hate you. <laughs> screen grab it so Vita Coco so we can sponsor the half and half for today. But our half and half is coming out of courts.com. It is is Spotify killing the top 40? This is by Dan Cop. Mm. Very interesting article. Um, we're talking about numbers and because, you know, like labels, that's all they go off of is numbers. Um, and in relation to, you know, how are their, how are their, their top artists doing and where is the standing within the top 100, top 200, so on and so forth. And so what this article goes on and starts to, to illuminate the point is that the most popular songs appear to be getting less popular based off of Spotify data. So it says in 2018, the top 40 songs on Spotify in the U.S. on a typical Wednesday would get around a, a total of uh, 35 million streams. In 2020, the 40 biggest hits rarely hit 30 million streams. So there's, he's suggesting that the way Spotify has set up their structure, because really Spotify is the only one in, in between Spotify, Apple Music, and other and YouTube for sure specifically that provide their streaming data. So um, this is the, what the, the article is only using Spotify. And really, when you're talking about streams, a lot of uh, you know a lot of Apple Music and other things are. It's kind of like uh, 
you it's, you can't see that information very accessibly. So, you know, Spotify is the moment we're talking about streams, like what are you doing on Spotify? Because it's more engagement, it's more artist-friendly, you got followers, you got, you know, playlists. Inter- it's just more interactive from that standpoint. Um, and so he was talking about uh, the data shows in the first six months of 2020, the number of, the total number of streams it, for the songs, for numbers 41 to 200 were almost exact same as in 2018. And it was only that the ones in the top 40 had fallen. So the share of the top 200, the streams uh, of the top 40 songs fell from 44% to 39. So I, I go on to say that Spotify's subscriber numbers in the, in the US have continued to climb over this period. So it's unlikely that the streaming has stopped, which is meaning that the songs beyond 200 are likely to increase in this share. So what's interesting about this is like we're saying, well, what's causing this change? And it's like I said earlier, that Spotify, the way they have their platform, in that it's based on discovery, new music discovery. So like they have on their homepage now, if you have Spotify, it's like Discover Weekly, your daily mix, they're being highlighted on your homepage every time you go there. And it's the algorithmic playlist is kind of giving you new music so you can find new things. Um, And it said that the number of artists making up the top 10% of the streams rose from 40% from 2019 into 2020. So in other words, basically that there's a smaller number of artists that were concentrated at the top and it's now it's more sort of diffused. So the Obviously, the record labels are not excited about this, but Spotify is very happy about it. So what Spotify actually had to say about this is, quote, our product and platform are driving discovery, diversifying taste, and helping up-and-coming artists reach new audiences, end quote. The company writes, quote, gone are the days of the top 40. It's now the top 43,000, end quote. So far. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, what this means for us, you know, this is Spotify data, uh, it offers and hope the case that you know technology and algorithms actually can expand our taste, can aid in helping the average listener come across more music. Obviously, great for independent artists. Obviously, great for people who are trying to make the name for themselves. You know, oftentimes artists from big labels, big artists from big labels, you're going to stream. You're always going to stream. You're going to do well. But it's about for you know mid-tier artists who have great songs that maybe just don't have that reach, or have the you know the machine pushing them behind them it's great for them to, you know, to start to level the market. So we're starting to democratize the market. And when it comes to the average listener of being able to hear, you know, a, a song that they would like. And so, um, you know, this is, this is one side, you know, Spotify, they have their, their bad parts and they have the good parts, but you know, this is, this is something that I think was really interesting uh, that, that Dan Koff highlighted was that it's sort of now like with the numbers and the way streaming is set up, and what these platforms were really established to do in the first place. And, you know, that's why I always love Spotify is that I was like, man, I'm finding all these artists that I didn't know about that, you know, cause I'm into that, you know, some people are into that artist discovery and song discovery and some people aren't, but I think it's great for the people who are, you know, we have that accessibility for that, but then there's also the people who aren't, who people just push, you know, press play on a playlist and just let it go. It's great for them to also passively find new music. So I'm really loving this. Uh, you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I think it speaks also to our um, conversation episode 20 about what a hit is, you know, because mm-hmm. like, because we, we see these these numbers are dropping. So it's like, you, you kind of got to gauge it differently. Something is big for a month or however long and and then it goes away, whereas in 2018, it might have been big for, for a bit longer. So um, it's, it's it's not just about the numbers. It, I thought, you know, we got to oh, yeah. really gauge the impact. And again, we're not outside, so we really can't see how stuff hits. So yeah, it's, this is uh, it's interesting, but Spotify has always been f- for the people that they, you know, they really curate an experience for the for the personal listener. So this makes makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's our half and half, y'all. 
Vito Coco, get at us. That's a goodie. That's a goodie. I want to give a quick shout out to our employee of the month, Alexis Salki. Yes, 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 yes. Salawa. Working, grinding, grinding. You can check out our shout out for her um, on, on the Twitter and IG. Um, she is our employee of the month for, like I said, the month. Ladies and gentlemen, let us get into the slide deck. Talk to us, Frank. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. Okay, what'd you bring for us today, brother? I have a song. Now, I love this artist. You may have heard her on the Queen and Slim uh, soundtrack. When we collide. That song. This is Tiana Major 9. This song is called Same Space. This is hitting me in my life currently right now. Produced by Waves Don't Die and Progression. that was her after so like i said back to colors i um went to colors one day and i was just binging different color stuff and i found her and i said no i lied i lied this vivo you know vivo had the little discover things yeah i saw an ad for it and i said who is that and it was a song all i do is think about you that song and i'm like who is this and it's a town major nine so i looked her up binged her music Found out she was on colors, watched her colors performance, watched also. And I found out, I was like, oh, you're the joint from Collide. I was like, yo, you're taking Collide. Because I was like, this song is dope. She's from the UK. I think she's Jamaican too. Oh. Um, right. <laughs> um, and I think she's like actually jazz trained. Like she's a jazz, like she was trained in jazz vocals. I read her whole bio and everything. I can't remember. But 
when I started listening to her, I started like, she got on my radar and I actually like started keeping her on my radar. And when she released it, I think she just released this project uh, recently. Um, and I ran it up at work. I was doing some stuff and that song stopped me in my tracks. Mm. And as I think it's one of the last songs on the project, I think it is not the last song on the project. And like I said, for what's, you know, just things that happened in my life and just like things that have happened, it, it, it is one of those songs for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really love it. Her voice is one of those voices. If she continues to go, and I think we need to get her a little bit more commercial features maybe, like so people mm-hmm. can really understand how great her voice is and her choice in melody and her delivery. Uh, I really see there's no limit for her personally because she has the ability mm-hmm. um, to sing great. You know what I'm saying? She could be in the, in the categories of the Jasmine Sullivan's of the Joe Scott's to me. She could be in that category with time. So I'm very excited for Tiana Major. Boy, you need to you need to be our publicist. That promo was fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> Karen, Karen, put a Tiana right here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get out of here. Uh my slide for the week. This comes from a very special artist to us, uh Radamiz. Yeah. It's called Goya. Featuring Code of the Friend, produced by Brass Tracks. Yeah. Brass Tracks was popping. Chase happiness, not a dollar. If you happen to get rich along the way, congratulations. Free everyone that's still locked up in their minds and they passing other people's expectations. Rhyme luxurious, furious, ostentatious. Stepped into the club radiant with no bracelets. It's 2020, how you still a racist? We identical. I seen rent kill more rap dreams than the radio. Weep the bright, Charlotte moments close like a seamstress. Disregard the other 23 like you ain't seen stress. Looked at my reflection, see no neglect, see no defect. Looked into my future, I see genius. I see Jesus. I am inside outfitted, catch a game. Y'all jiggly, plus the jiggly side. SAI and see a classic. I don't know if they compare me to goats. And I still ain't did enough. If I'm not the best rapper, I'm the best. I'm not giving up. My friend turned 500,000 down on some cool shit. Tetrify is visiting my street like a school trip. Say you want the album when it comes out. Hope you prove it. Jail time, turn my blood on me to Confucius. You can't be the man. You don't spend time with your film. Fortune teller, so the world within my hands. Back when all I had was some glory out the can. Back when I had more procrastination than the plan. Damn. Radimus, you're tough, bro. Like, if you listen to this, Radimus is super dope. I believe he's out of Brooklyn, uh, mm-hmm. artist out of Brooklyn. But he has some really dope visuals. He's just like a creative dude. Um, and I love how honest his, his, his bars are at. Um, so, yeah, Radimus, dope, man. Very, yeah. very dope. Talented dude. I got hip to him maybe like a few months ago. I saw a couple publications that I read writing about him. And, you know, you, you see someone's name and you, you kind of pay attention to it. And then uh, my boy, Brandon Verastro, interviewed him for What You Expect. Shout out to Brandon. Um, it was a really good interview. And his recent project, Synonyms of Strength, came out. And yeah, the dude is dope. Like, say you on my album, when it comes out, you better prove it. Like, yeah, 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 better prove it. Because this man got bars. So, so t- tap in if, you know, if, 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 if you're looking for a new lyricist, a New York lyricist who brings that New York feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly. Very New York. Yeah. Clearly there are people recognizing him. Like, Code of the Friend is 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 a pretty big deal. So. 
get, uh, getting a feature like that, I, I think uh, Radimus is well on his way. So, so is Brass Tracks, too. Brass right? Tracks. Oh. So is oh. Brass Tracks. Brass Tracks is tough. <laughs> that's major. That's, that's a major, yeah. major yeah. look. So shout out to him. As y'all know, the Stay Busy Slide Deck playlist is on all platforms. Hit the link tree in our bio. It is on IG and Twitter. Artists, send us your slides. If we like it, we're going to play it. We're going to put y'all on to the people. You know, stay busy, stay litty. That said, brother, you ready for the board meeting? Let's work, man. Okay, let's work. Yeah, bro, let's work. You know, like, I got some stuff I want to work on with you, bro. Like, let's work. All right, like, well, what do you want to work on? I mean, I don't have nothing out right now, but, I, I mean, let's work, though. So how am I supposed to work with you if I don't know what you what you got? Like, man, I mean, I'm just getting started. You know how that goes. But, you know, I heard your stuff. Like, you're dope. Like, let's work. All right, Kiki, can you, like, send me some tracks? Like, No, nah, I remember saying I ain't got nothing out yet, bro. Like, you, you got you don't have anything, like, on your heart? No, nah, bro, or? I just started rapping last Tuesday, bro. Like, you know how that goes. But I need you to sing a hook, though. I need you to sing a hook. <sighs> Interesting. Okay. I'll get back to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> If that conversation sounds familiar to you, you're either an artist or a journalist, or you, you might have any role, really. But really? Uh, today we're talking about collaboration, uh, the proper ways of going about collaboration, how we choose to go about collaboration, some of the most annoying experiences we might have had in collaborations. And yeah, this, I think this is going to be um, dope. So of course, you as an artist, I'm, I'm always intrigued at the process because, you know, so, so many of you guys are different and now we can, you can email a verse to someone and put it on a track and it, it, it might go viral and be a hit. So, you know, for you personally, how do you go about choosing to, to uh, who to collaborate with? First off, I want to frame this conversation. I in no way think that I'm the guy. I am still coming up myself. I'm still growing in that. Um, I think this is just a general conversation about like kind of how to approach this for a lot of people who don't, I think, understand how to approach it. And I think I, what I want to illuminate is my own personal journey with, journey with collaboration as well. So like you said, what is my approach to collaboration? I'm sorry, I missed your question. Uh, first was like, how do you choose who to collaborate with? Like, I guess it, it, it can be two part. Like, is there a process involved with it? Like a, like a weeding someone out or, a, you know? I think the major thing with collaboration is funny is that like when I first came to New York City, I didn't have any connections to people to mm -hmm. like do any sort of collaborating. Yeah. Um, and there's different sort of collaborate, obviously like a team working with producers, working with people. And so I was able to find all this, the studio that I work with now, the people I work with now through natural connection. And I think that that's something we have to emphasize here is that oftentimes you may see somebody, you know, you may see somebody who's a, you know, a local artist that's dope, or you may see someone, you just have to allow the cards to play out and things to naturally come about. Yes, there's times where closed mouths don't get fed and you need to shoot a shot if you want to really work with someone because you feel like you have something to offer. I think it's oftentimes that people approach collaboration without having something to offer mm. and they don't understand the value. So it's like, if you're a producer and you want to collaborate with artists, send them some beats so they can hear you. You know what I'm saying? Don't be just like, a DM let's work first off hello my name is <laughs> my name is XYZ producer yeah I I saw your XYZ song I like this I think our styles are similar here is my stuff check it out and it's not the end of the world this person does work or, or works not but I found that in my life now the people that I'm collaborating with have been natural connections stuff where I can say hey let's collaborate mm -hmm. it's just been like 
We're just collaborating. Like me and Stats. I didn't ever approach Stats to be like, hey, let's work on beats. It was one day we're in the studio together. I think I was ending a session and he was coming in to do some stuff. And I had played something and me, him, and Prime, shout out Prime, we just started working on something. Over a hundred and something beats later, here we are. <laughs> yeah. And there was never the like, we need to work together type thing. It was, we had a natural chemistry outside of the work. And then it just happened that the, the work made sense. So let it, let it flow is my thing. Yeah. So when you, when you identify an artist that, that you want to work with in particular, like a, a feature, um, do you send the idea first or did you just kind of say, Hey, I, I think, I think we'd be good on something. Let's like link in the studio one day and like kind of see what happens. So I'm going to be hundred percent honest. I'm in a space now where I'm kind of like, not like forcing collabs and I'm not like really reaching out, but there was a, a point where I was like, Oh, you know, I want to work with people. I need to, you know, put my audience or like expand my, my work, you know, network so far as that goes. And the way I would do it is kind of, I always come like very humble, you know what I'm saying? Like, Hey man, I like this and the third. I think it would be dope if we do X, Y, and Z together. Um, and I would naturally, of course, send myself. You gotta provide value. You gotta set something to show for it, you know? And sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. Um, but I think as a singer, I think I naturally get hit up a lot more uh, mm -hmm. from rappers. Because singers, singer to singer, it's like you have to really vibe with the singer. And I have done that before. Like, you know the song, you know, you know one of my unreleased tracks with uh, Brianna Knight, shout out Brianna Knight. Uh, and that was just, we had seen each other perform before and like performed on the same, uh, performed the same uh, concerts and stuff like that, uh, same gigs. And I was like, wait, you're dope. And then I saw her again, I'm like, wait, you're dope. And she's like, you're dope. And like, that's how it naturally came, but we weren't looking for it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's just however the ideas work. Like, yeah, I'm always down to send an idea first. I'm not like, no, you send me what you got. Like, no, like it's, it's all letting it flow. And so I've, I've sent ideas before I've gotten ideas and we've worked from there. So, um, I've been collaborating more often now as a producer, mm. as opposed to like, being artist. I'll, I'll, like I said, rappers hit me up to sing hooks a lot. And so I guess that would get into your further questions later on, but yeah, I think rappers hit me up more to do hooks and things like that. Um, have you ever had a situation where there was an artist that you recognized their talent, you really wanted to work with them, but the idea they sent you wasn't the best? And if that's the case, did you offer feedback to make it better? Or were you just like, eh, let's, let's try to wait for, for the next one? I think this is like, a, I think for some people, this is like how your comfortability level, but I think you should always be earnest in when it comes to the ideas, being honest, straight up and upfront, because at the end of the day, your name is going to be on it too. And so if you don't like it, you know, it is. And we know that's not how it works in the industry all the time. There's a lot of people who do collaborations and things just because it's timely or like they're, they're both kind of coming up right now and they should do something and those sort of things I have like that. So where I'm at in my career, where I'm starting out, I want things to be as earnest as possible. Um, and so I have had a few people like, you know, that I really want to work with Dope and they would finally decide, hey, let's start working. And the ideas that were presented I wasn't necessarily feeling or they, maybe they weren't feeling it. Mm. And I think those are the moments where you kind of like establish a good rapport by being honest. And I've done, and that's actually worked for me. Like I've said, you know, I'm not actually, I don't really feel these ideas or I'll give so many like critiques or like things that I would want to change that it's kind of like, well, we should just do our own idea. And I think that kind of goes into the point of like, I like being in person to do things obviously with, 
um, COVID and whatnot, um, I've had to co-write songs like um, on on FaceTime and whatnot, and those work out just as fine if you have a good vibe of person. But even in those sessions, um, I've been I've been like, you know, with a, uh, another writer, and we're playing these different ideas, and I'm like, you know, I'm not that one, not that one. And then we ended up just creating something right then and there. But I think you have to be honest. You got it. What? Why, why are you lying? You know what I'm saying? There's no reason to lie. Uh, and if you know you you say the truth, and then they're like, "Well, then you know I don't see how this is gonna work." Then that's the person's not for you, man. You can't force this stuff. So yeah. um, I, I'm very. I think I'm, I try to be very upfront and honest about how I feel about work and art. You know what I'm I guess this would you this would probably answer my next question. Have you ever? had a collaboration on your own tracks that you wanted, you thought may fit, and then it didn't work out and you had to take somebody off. No, I've been taken off before, mm. <laughs> but I, I'm trying to think if I've taken somebody off. No, I don't think I've taken off anyone. I try to not do that because mm. that's, it's kind of like a, a sticky situation, honestly. Mm. Um, but I think at the end of the day, if you if it's not working, you do have to tell somebody that hey, this is not working, um, and this is why too. Like say the why, don't just say no. Nah. Um, but I've been taking off stuff, and then I heard the final version. Oh, okay. And, and it's just I don't I don't take it offensively. I just mm-hmm. you know, no harm, no foul. It didn't work for the song. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, if it was my case where like I got back some vocals or I got back a verse, and it just wasn't it. I would just tell them, this isn't it. I would give them a chance to like redo it and then to say, well, you know, I'm not into that. And then, hey, I don't know how we're going to move forward with the song, but I don't really like this. You know what I'm saying? I don't see this. It's not what I envision. You just mm-hmm. got to be up front. Yeah. That's the thing, for sure. So we often hear artists talk about how much they charge for features. How do you balance understanding your, your talent level while also getting what you feel you deserve and or, you know, not breaking the bank for, for someone else who might all also be like an independent artist with not crazy financial backing or, you know. I think generally it's kind of about like, how do they come to you? Do I, you know, are you just a random in the DMs talking about, uh, yo, hey, can you do this and that and the third? Then you might get the actual rate, you know what I'm saying? And if you're dope, then I might say, wait, let me just, let me just work with this person. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not. I'm not a very like, oh, I need my bread right now type of type of person. I am about my business when that comes to that stuff. And I've done that. Like recently I was asked to kind of like, you know, uh, work on a beat for an artist. And we did that session and that artist just hit me up randomly. And, you know, I, I gave him my normal rates and we went through that uh, so whole, whole process there. Um, and then we kind of built a work from there. Um, but it's, it's happened multiple ways. I think it just depends on how that person approaches you. So like sometimes they approach you from like, oh, I'm Armand's elementary school friend, but you're dope and you want to work. Let's work. Let's do some stuff, you know, and let's actually get in the studio and see what we can create. Because as we're all coming up, especially like I said, I'm in the coming up phase of, right, of things like now, I'm not really worried about like taxing people or trying to do this in the third i want to build you know lateral great lateral connections with a lot of people and especially in the area say like oh yeah i've worked with this person i know that person i want to do that more especially as i'm trying to grow myself as a producer as well like um i want to do that and say just give me give me my splits you know what i'm saying splits for those who don't know is like publishing splits uh so far as the 
ownership of the song. I'll say, okay, yeah, you don't have to pay me, just give me some pub. So if it does take off, it takes off. But at the end of the day, you never know. And I think it's great for me, someone who's trying to build a resume as a producer, to just start to build my resume. And I think you can block blessings if you're always so, you know, money focused, short term money focused. And it's like, yeah. this person is great. This is a good artist. I would work with them if I knew them, if I didn't know them, whatever. And I'm not going to let the money get in the way. I know that's not everyone's sort of approach to it, but I, I think that that approach has worked for me. It's worked for people I look up to, who I, I know some of my friends who are my OGs you know, in the producing game. Uh, for a while, they gave out beats to dope artists, and then certain art, one artist would pop, and they already had the rapport because they gave them 50 beats already. Yeah. And so then they got brought into the pipeline. So I think it's about just establishing genuine connections. And at the end of the day, it's funny because like there's people in my life that are my peoples and we've collaborated before in the past, but like, as of late, we just don't collaborate mm -hmm. and we just do our own thing from afar and we listen, we send each other music back and forth, but we never get on something and it's okay. It's still collaboration. <laughs> it's it, exactly. It's still collaborative in that way, but it's not collaboration in the sense of like, you know, outward collaboration as people would say too. And I think mm -hmm. that's also another distinction too, is that like, Oftentimes people collaborate without knowing they're collaborating. And that's why I said it's the natural part of it. It's just got to be like, there has to be a natural trust. There has to be a, uh, uh, a established rapport with the person for you guys to create creatively together, create creatively, to be creative <laughs> together. Uh, there's a certain, you have to understand energy. That's why a lot of sessions start off with conversation. Yeah. People who've never met each other starting from scratch. Tell me, what, tell me about your upbringing. Tell me about what's, what are you listening to? it has to start there because that's where our minds go naturally. So yeah. uh, I keep it very much. So I try to keep it as honest as possible when it comes to creating. Word. Um, I've always been intrigued at the psychology behind approaching a feature for R and B artists, particularly with other R and B artists. It has it ever felt competitive or, or, or are you trying to kill them, but are you still trying to keep the chemistry and just make the best record possible? Has it ever felt competitive either? So Terrace Martin has this great quote, the biggest, I don't know if you took it from someone else, but I heard him say it. The biggest ego in the room is the song. Mm. The song, mm. the biggest ego in the room is the song. That That's should a all, bar. That should always be the biggest thing. And so I, I always, you know, like, you know, the guys I'm around, they're, they're some goers, right? And so, uh, I try to make sure that I bring my value all the time, but I'm not necessarily competing with them. I'm not trying mm -hmm. to one up them or be better. I'm trying to say like, you know, I want to, if you gave me that, you put that fire verse on the song, I need to make sure that my hook is just crazy. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I don't look at it as competitive. I look and say, what does the song require? Cause I've been on, I've been asked many times by rappers that I know to get on songs. And I'm like, this song is fire, but low key, it doesn't need me. Mm. And I've said that many times in sessions. I'm like, like, yo, Nick, come and do this. You know, do this hook, whatever. I'm like, low key, the song is better without me. Mm. I've said that many times. Um, and that's not, a, you know, I wasn't intimidated by anything like that. That wasn't the case. It's just about, I try to keep that, that cool and as, at the top. It's like, what is the song saying? Does the song want me to sing? Does the song want me to go crazy? Does the song want me to just, just chill, be on the melody? And that's something I've also myself had to like grow up. I had this tendency to oversing or always want to, everything gotta be 
highest legs gotta be crazy vocals the runs gotta be nuts the tone gotta be on point breath control gotta be stupid i'm just trying to do all that stuff and i think oftentimes certain songs don't require that they just require you to listen be attentive and say what is a song telling me to do and so when it comes to other album collaborations it's funny like i've had uh songs with r&b that i've asked to come on the song and i've played it for other people like yo they smoked you i'm like it's a feature. I wanted them to do great. <laughs> they just did their job. They did their job. Like yeah. I was, that was the last thing I was thinking about. That's just, I'm a competitive person, but when it comes to creating and stuff like that, I don't look at it like that. You know what I'm saying? I look at it more as like, okay, my part needs to stand up, stand up to the standard of what y'all are doing. It's mm-hmm. not really like, you know, I need to outdo these guys. Like I need to make sure I'm shining over them. I don't look at it like that. So, you mentioned producing earlier as well. Well, what if, cause you really just started producing, like really get into it like a, a year and a half ago, two years so ago. I've been making beats for, since I was like 13. Right. Like, I've been making beats since I was like 13, but, and I always like, I just, my production skills weren't up to par yet because I didn't, I didn't understand a lot of the technology part of it, mm-hmm. um, but I had the, the musical ability, the, the skills to be able to put things together and, and do songs like that. And, uh, I'm a melody guy, I'm great at melody, and that's why I had to get my drums on point, and I've worked with that. And as you delve into the world of production, you start to understand it's a lot of it is, of course, just a natural sensibility and having a great ear, and those are things that I think I naturally have from being a musician, my training as a musician, then understanding, like, the technicalities of, like, being a producer and understanding, like, well, why are my drums not hitting? Oh, because you know, there's gain and then there's compression and those drums that you listen to on the radio have this and the third and they have these sort of plug-in effects. And, and so you start to realize, oh, to even get approached to serving these sounds, I need to start using those sort of tools. And so it's just about the wherewithal and the knowledge. So yes, within the last two years, I think my beats have gotten so much better to where they're like, I'm, I'm singing on a lot of my own beats. And I've always like written my own music and like played on my own songs, but I've had like producers helped me build them up. Shout out 92 Kobe, shout out a lot of uh, stats, a lot of other people that I've worked with um, uh, to, to help me make sure that the production elements of the song were great. And so now I think I've had so much experience with just doing it. I got my reps in to where I can pretty much put together some songs that are like, I know a lot more about the production process. And so that has helped me. And I'm really, like I said, in 2021, I really want, there's a lot of stuff that like, I produce for people that is not released yet that I made the beat or I co-produced the beat or I wrote on it and things like that. I want to push that out to people so they can start, you know, I can start to build my reports that way yeah. um, as a, as a producer as well. Cause that's something that's skill that I love. I love going to the studio and helping people make their vision come to life. So um, yeah, that's what I've been working on. Too. My final question for you. Do you have a favorite collaboration of all time that you've done? That I've done? No, because I don't think I've done enough yet. Mm. And there's ones that I want to do, um, so far as like with some of my heroes and so on and so forth. But I think in relation to, I can speak on like collaborations that I just enjoy as like a consumer. Anything J. Cole and Miguel for me mm-hmm. is just like the, the template for rap, rap sung, <laughs> that rap song category. Yeah. I, I, as a singer, I, you know, I obviously love 
singer duets and stuff like that. But I think a great rap song collaboration is, is always just loved by everybody. And so that's what I hope to kind of get towards myself. So as I'm continuing to grow that, those are the things that are on my, my, my sites. Um, but yes, I hope that we can have this conversation in a year in season <laughs> three, and then I can list a few. Uh, so that's not that yes yes so kind of moving on uh, moving to the next part of the collaboration i wanted to see what that's like in the journalism world and like how do you guys approach collaboration because it seems like it's a very solitary sort of like you know path and profession that you're writing your own ideas you're by yourself maybe you send stuff off for edits and whatnot but like how does collaboration work with as journalists? Yeah, it can it can feel very very lonely. Um, but you know me, I'm just I've become so comfortable with my flaws as a writer that I feel can get better, and I become comfortable knowing what I can do. That you know, collaboration for me starts with literally just talking to someone, texting them like, "Yo, like, what do you think about this?" Like, I see people talking about this on Twitter. Like, what do you think about it? And just from those conversations, you can get things that you can end up writing about. Or I've got a couple of younger writers that I'm cool with who hit me up to edit for them, and I, I love right. doing that. Like, if 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 I believe in you and I think you're talented, and even I sometimes struggle with you know grammatical structure and all, all those things that we learned in school, semicolons. Like, when's it right to use one? Like, <laughs> yo, you know. So, like so for me it's like all right i i know like and i i don't do this all the time but i go back and read my old writing and i see the grammar and i'm like oh my god armand what were you doing so i'm like all right i don't want a younger writer who has the passion that that i felt i have and the talent that i felt i have to be held back by their grammatical errors so if someone hits me up to edit i'm I'm happy to sit in the Google Doc and, and edit for them. And the same with, you know, you collaborating on music. Like, you have to be honest with someone be like, yo, this sentence is awkward or this doesn't make sense or this is just factually incorrect. Like, you know, as, as journalists, it's it's our job to tell the stories to people and and tell them properly and, and to be accurate. So you can talk about what you like. You can talk about how fire a song is. Mm-hmm. But, but if you're not really, like, giving the people something new to, to uncover or, or to think about and packaging it in a way where they want to read it. Because we say this all the time, people don't, don't read as much as they used to. This, this is a podcasting and, 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 uh, and video world, which is very discouraging as writers. So when we do put work out and it does well, it feels very good, but you know, you just always got to make sure that you're on point. Me, uh, for example, this past week, I dropped my Bryson piece. I was, I was working on it for like the last, the last week. I was shaking about putting it out. The day before I planned to drop it, I saw Carl Lamar from Billboard. Shout out to Carl. He dropped his interview with Bryson talking about a lot of the things that were in my article. I was like, well, damn, am, am, I, am I just about to reinvent the wheel? Like, I don't, I don't want to be repetitive. I don't want to seem like I'm, I'm jacking his content. So how, how do I do this? So, you know, so I, I really just focused on getting my own angle. And the great thing about writing is that you can show love to other writers by quoting them. So I, I quoted quote, uh. Carl a bunch of times in my article uh, quotes that, that that he got from Bryson and it all made sense in the scope of my piece and then all, I included quotes from Regina, Ahmad, uh, Mike George, T, Imani, oh, wow. Arden, like 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 a, a bunch of people and and I think that's what's really cool too is that you know I've I've tried to do collab articles before and and they've worked but yeah. I, I I really just like to write by myself like it's uh, t- and, and it's nothing against any other writers I know because I'm I'm cool with so many talented writers but 
the way that I write my process and how I'm inspired, I really have to do it um, by myself. But with this particular Bryson article, because it was so dependent on, you know, fan perception and uh, of true to self, I was like, all right, well, let me get some quotes from people that can really like make this more and more tangible for people who are reading this and, and may not be, be hip to how people feel about Bryson or may not be aware of Bryson at all. And I think with those quotes I use, now people can understand how people, uh, how people felt about Trap Soul, true to self and kind of what they're looking towards now. So yeah, I mean, collaboration isn't, isn't like, it's not black and white in journalism. Oh, like no, yeah. even uh, retweeting someone's article and quoting it, like that's, that's, that's collaboration to me because that, that shows that, well, hopefully you read the article before you retweeted and quoted right. it, but you read it, you, you like the writing and, and then you want to push this out to, to your, your following and give it more, more um, visibility and that, you know, all, all those things play a part. So, you know, me personally, I always try to show love, retweeting, quoting, liking if, and I'm also not afraid, like if I see a typo or if I see like a statement that's wrong, like I've sent emails to, to publication before, like, yo, you had this year wrong. And, and, and you know, they, they, they like said, thank you, but they seemed a little salty about me trying to correct them. I don't know. I'm just like, yo, at the end of the day, like you're, you're a very respected publication. I don't want you putting out wrong facts because people, people, yes. people read your stuff and take it as as, as what law, it is. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I wanted to hear what you had to say. Like, I, I think it's just interesting talking about like how collaboration can happen on um, like in an inadvertent way too. You mm -hmm. know, just by sharing something. And I think that journalists, at the end of the day, are conversation starters or mm -hmm. catalysts in that way. And so, like, you know, and you talk about you sort of got to the point of inadvertent collaboration with. Hey, I like this article. I don't know this person, but hey, let me add my little few code tweets and then. Let me send it off to the retweets and then see if that starts a conversation. And I think that is helping and collaborating, pushing the message forward. So yeah. how does typically in theory, how do collaborative articles work? Like, how does that even work? You guys, I write this half, you write that half. Like, what, how does that work? Yeah. So like those like lists, like uh, Rolling Stone just put out the best 500 albums or whatever. And they got a bunch of respected writers and they had them submit their picks and I, and I think they ranked them based on how many people selected each album and then they kind of scored it that way. So there's a lot of different metrics. Like I, I wrote a, um, an article back in the, back in 2018 about Migos when they dropped culture Two, and we were just kind of chronicling their, their career. So I, I took 2016 onward. Um, so with, with that one, it was all right, bad and bougie culture, culture Two, um, Huncho Jack, they're planning to put out solo albums. Like, that you, know, you you find your focus and and you just write about that um i haven't really done too many collab articles because again i've always just kind of liked writing by myself um and in a way it's also like um like how you mentioned you know the, the biggest ego in, in the room has to be the song like like with the article the uh the biggest ego should, should be the article like I've approached some articles in the past, I, I, admittedly, because I'm a very competitive person. Like, I always want my stuff to be the best. And, you know, if, like, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to help. I'm willing to give out edits. But I've I really just only thought about myself. Um, and then with that, with that Culture 2 article in particular, um, all, all the Hammy Dogs guys did their parts. And I was like, well, you know, we're, we're kind of rising up a little bit. We just got an interview with Anthony Fantineau. So, like, you know, rather than just focusing on myself and making sure my, my piece is the best, we should put out a really good piece overall. So I'm, I'm going to talk to all of them and give them different feedback and tips and, and we can make a great piece all together. I think a lot of us, we see the role 
we see all that comes with it. We see you can gain access to different rappers and mm-hmm. be friends with rappers and get Twitter follows and stuff. So a lot of people are very selfish in their pursuit and competitive and they might not retweet that they might not like they might be on an article with you and not say oh there's a typo there because they want to look the best and i i I respect that do do your thing but you know for me at least um i don't really have too much ego with this anymore like i know my talent level i know what i can do someone else doing well doesn't take any opportunities from me so if if you want feedback i got you if you want edits i got you if you want like old work that i've done to see how far i've come i got you like you know especially in this field and with everything that's happening and a lot of publications coming out and being trashed like we all really really have to support each other like i have such a great network of writers taylor crumpton regina cho Jade, yes. Jordan Rose, Jonas Baker, Ahmad Davis, uh, Trey Alston, um, Gary Sanchez, Craig uh, Jenkins, Yo from DJ Booth. Like they're, they're, there's so many writers who I look up to and, and who are cool and who have shown love at a certain point. And like a lot of these people are out of here. Like yeah. just like they, all the they, names, all the names. They could be them. the most egotistical, nah, man, forget you type person. And you know, funny enough. I do have one story about one writer. I'm not going to name him, but uh, he, he, he's someone who I looked up to for a while. And I was, I was working on a very big pitch and I was like, yo, like, you know, I reached out to him real humbly. Like, yo, I look up to what you're doing. You're really killing it. Would you be willing to just look this over for me and like, give me some edits? Got left on scene. I was like, okay. Months later, uh, the, the Brent Fias piece comes out, goes crazy. Brent Fias quote tweets me and retweets me. And then, then this guy's in my mentions, like, oh, shout out my guy, like doing all this. I'm like, oh, so you, you, no. you know, you, no. you weren't willing to help me with my writing, but you want to show people that I'm you the guy right. because Brent Fias retweeted me. Okay. So, you know, I think one thing we journalists have to recognize is like a lot of people might show and say outwardly, yo, you're lit. I support you, blah, blah, blah. But Behind the scenes, things might not always be that way. So it's, you know, I, I just try to stay true and support who I want to support. And the people you don't want to, you don't have to. All right. Well, I mean, that's crazy <laughs> that he did that, but that's not surprising. Like, yeah. You know, because uh, that happens all the time, I think, with other people. So last question. What do you think is, what is your definition of, of great collaboration? I mean, it's it, again, it's like you said, it's, it's just got to be a natural connection. I think, you know, Regina and I have never written article together. I'm trying to think. I don't think so. But I, I think it would just come together seamlessly just because we know how each other thinks. We know each other's strengths. Um, we, we genuinely read and appreciate each other's writing. Um, it's all about knowing, knowing the person, knowing what they can do and then filling in the gaps in, in your own way. Like f- football, you can have a, a great quarterback, but if you don't have a good offensive line, your quarterback doesn't have enough time to throw the ball. Can't get the ball. Yeah. So everyone has to kind of do their job. So if me and Regina were doing the same thing, writing an article, like that might not necessarily make it as good as it can be. But if she brings her Regina flavor and then I bring my Armand flavor, that kind of takes it in, in a different direction. So it's all about, it's all about the, that natural connection. It's all about also like giving equal effort, you know, not just, putting your name on something and putting something out there and, and being hype about the recognition it gets because like at the end of the day we know who's really putting the work in like writing there's a lot of people 
out here trying to fake the, the writing thing. Like they're, they're bloggers, yeah. clout chasing bloggers and they, they don't really appreciate the craft of it. And like, though, you know, I, I can tell, and those are the type of people that I don't want to work with. So it really starts with reading like uh, Taylor Crumpton talked about it on, on the episode she came on. Like a lot of the writing process is reading, reading, talking, seeing other people's opinions, thinking yeah, about exactly. thinking about how you perceive something and then mm-hmm. kind of making it into your own piece or topic. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you can't really write a good article with someone that's cohesive and has chemistry if you're not fully familiar with their writing style and, and how they think. And, and, and you don't have a shared vision for what the piece is going to be. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that was a good conversation. I really want to have this conversation again with some other artists and some yeah. other uh, journalists um, mm. just to kind of just see. And maybe we should ask them this question kind of as we go um, for coming up in the future. But I think it's always a great co- topic to speak about collaboration because this is a creative, you know, creative art and space is done best i think with others uh, yeah. oftentimes and so or at least appreciated and shared by others and so I, i'm excited to keep this as like an ongoing board me an ongoing conversation so yeah man yeah that was a board meeting for today y'all let's work <laughs> <laughs> let's work right? i got a verify check let's work bro come on absolutely <laughs> come come mess with me i'm nice dm, I'm nice. DM me no. <laughs> <laughs> yo hold up yo can i stop commenting on people's ig saying dm me like just dm them just, just, just send a message yourself. But that's those little bots and all that automated <laughs> stuff. So, but anyways, yeah. move us, get us to the board, bulletin board, my brother. <sighs> bulletin board ain't really much going on. But um, <laughs> if y'all got any online events, actually, shout out to uh, Tier Tier. I, I don't know how, how to pronounce it. It's it's a um, fashion, oh, fashion brand. Yes, yeah. fashion brand in New York. They just collaborated with Carmelo. Uh, Kojo works with them. And uh, they had a party yesterday, like a launch party for their new new line, and it looked it looked crazy. Show, lady. So shout out to them. They they they're putting out good clothes. But yeah, if y'all got any events, panels, online concerts, live streams, you just want to zoom and have fun and talk, have a happy hour. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Send it to us, and we, we please let us know. Please we let us advertise know. for you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe, stay humble, stay busy. Wash your hands, sanitize, might as well moisturize too, and enjoy the new outro. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy Taking time, getting right if you miss me girl, yeah. I've been out yeah, in the yeah. world, staying yeah, busy yeah. Monday's 9 a.m. Monday's 9 a.m. Party with the gang Every week, tell a friend Every week, tell a friend Busy over everything Busy over everything Busy boys, I call now, ain't you heard? Got the slides, got the slides. I'm the size, I'm the size. Running down, no we hold it down. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy. Taking time, getting right. If you miss me, I've been out in the world, staying busy.